Welcome to Howden's podcast, Fortune Favors the Brave. We all take risks in our everyday life and business is no different. In this podcast, we're speaking to the experts about a topical challenge or issue and what business leaders can do to overcome it. Welcome to Fortune Favors the Brave. My name is Paul White and I'm Head of Technical at Howden Employee Benefits and Wellbeing, part of Howden Insurance Brokers. This is the first of a two-part series where we'll be exploring, looking at, delving into the topic of ESG. Helping us discuss this topic today is Jack Roper from Legal and General. I know I need to explain what Legal and General is. Everybody's heard of Legal and General, but if you haven't, no doubt Jack will introduce you in a few words in a moment. Jack, would you like to explain a little bit more about yourself and what you specialise in? Sure. Thank you, Paul, for having me along today. It's great to, to come and talk all things ESG sustainability, and we'll get into that. So as you said, um, I think legal and general are pretty well known. So we specialize in a number of different financial services products. We are a pension provider. Um, we sell protection products, both through workplaces and on the retail market. And um, what is maybe less known about us is that we're an asset manager. So we look after around a trillion, just over 1.2 trillion, I think, of client assets. And we also have our own capital investment business where we invest in things like infrastructure, commercial real estate, housing, green technology. And I'm sure we'll unpack some of that as we go along. So, yeah, thank you for having me along today. Okay, thanks, Jack. And before we get into the heart of this topic, uh, we always like to include a little icebreaker question to get things started here on Fortune Favours the Brave. So, Jack, tell us a little bit about where you've taken a risk and whether it's paid off or not. Wow, okay. I think as I get older, the fewer risks I take probably, although um, I, was, I, was, I was thinking kind of back over my career and I, in 2007, moved to London without a job to go to, which wow. I don't think I would do now, put it that way. Um, so yeah, the world's moved on and so is my mindset. But, but it paid off because it just meant that I um, kind of leapt in without thinking too much about it and then have kind of gone from there. So uh, yeah. And you're here today with there us. I, and it's brought me here. So yeah. So it worked okay. out well. Definitely. Okay. So, Jack, on to the subject uh, for today's debate. Can you tell us a little bit about uh, what is ESG? Some of us have vague views about it, but what is ESG? And, and, and more importantly, or as importantly, how does it compare to CSR? We haven't got all day, have we? So, uh, yeah, yeah, it's a, yeah, good question. I think it can feel a bit like alphabet soup sometimes, right? Kind of ESG, CSR, all these different acronyms. They're all closely related concepts, but here's, here's how I think about them. And, and how we, we think about them at LNG. So ESG really, I think, originated as a, a kind of technical investment term to think about how businesses consider the financial risks and opportunities that are presented by themes across environment, society or social and governance. So that's what the ESG literally stands for. And thinking about how those things impact businesses. CSR is probably something that's been a little bit more longstanding, and that stands for corporate social responsibility. And that is more about businesses thinking about the impact that they have on the world, specifically how they can limit the harms that they create from an environmental and social perspective, but also thinking about how they can maximize the positive impacts that they have. And I'm going to chuck in another concept, which is sustainability. And really, that's how we think about the overall picture and how we bring together what matters to us as a company, but also where, as a company, we can affect positive change in the world. So that's kind of how all those concepts fit together. Excellent. Okay. So uh, probably for those, for those that are listening that have come across ESG, it may well be in the context of, of pensions world from an insurance perspective. Why is it important in the world of benefits generally? 
So I think that, that any kind of protection products or, or workplace benefits more generally do play an inherently social value adding role. So if you think about something like critical illness cover, for instance, you know, there, there's a, a really clear personal human benefit to that, but it also provides a social societal benefit as well for, for um, building financial and economic resilience throughout society. So that's that's probably a, a slightly more straightforward read through. I think the line of sight to the E of ESG, so environment, is sometimes a little bit less obvious. But if we think about the, the, the effect that group risk plays in pooling capital, I think that's a useful way of thinking about it. So at LNG, for example, we are making long-term investments in assets that are needed to do things like enable the transition to net zero or to build social resilience um, through through those investments that we make. And actually, we can do that effectively because we're able to tap into large pools of capital, such as protection premiums or, as you said, pension funds. It's all of a piece and it all works for systemic change. So that's a a way to maybe think about that. I mean, uh, research that that we haven't have undertaken is, is, is kind of evidence that there's some increasing demand from the workforce that their benefits or their employment or their pension plan is ESG compliant. Sure. Um, but there's also evidence that that employers are less cognizant of what that might mean. So what are the trends that you at LNG are seeing in terms of how people implement ESG? Yeah, that's a, a great question because it's such a broad concept, right? So um, I think there are some real commonalities. So I think what we're going to continue to see is a real doubling down on carbon emissions. So economies, companies, the UN, you know, multinational bodies, multilateral bodies are all talking about this notion of limiting global average temperature increases to 1.5 degrees above the pre-industrial average, which is a bit of a mouthful. It's known as the Paris objective. So people might have heard that phrase knocking about. So to get there, we need to see really fast, really sustained reductions in carbon emissions immediately. And we're just not seeing that. So I think there's going to be increased political and regulatory scrutiny on that, but also increased market scrutiny as we begin to think through, okay, so what are the what are the market implications for that? The other big trend that we're seeing is around nature and biodiversity. So this is thinking about things like habitat loss and species loss. And the reason why that's relevant to business and not just something that the likes of the Wildlife Foundation or you know, uh, Friends of the Earth or Greenpeace will be focusing on is that there is a massive economic risk inherent in that in that process. So we think that around 50% of global GDP is exposed to natural systems in some way. And if you think about things like agriculture or the use of animal and plant species in medicine production, it's it's obvious where that where that happens. So that's a huge trend. And then on the kind of social side, we're seeing a lot around equality and diversity, particularly social mobility, access to opportunities, and and all of that in the context of high inflation. You know, clearly that's going to come down, but there'll be knock-on effects from that and access to opportunities. So a lot of big secular issues that aren't going anywhere. And I think in the second of these this this series, we'll be talking more about some of that societal stuff. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think it's different for employers and individuals to to understand. So, what does good look like? Is mm. is planting a tree for writing a policy better than disinvesting in gas and 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 oil? What what does good look like? 
Unfortunately, there isn't a simple answer to that, as you as you probably are guessing is the, the theme for the, the conversation. I think ultimately what's good really differs, um, particularly on social issues, but also on environmental issues, depending on, on kind of which issue you're looking at. So on carbon, for example, we know that reducing greenhouse gas emissions has to happen. And we know that there's one direction of travel that we have to go in. It's the only way is down. So that's that's actually relatively, the outcome there is relatively simple, even if the processes to get there aren't. For something like other environmental issues, it's it's really difficult to establish a consensus about what is good. So is it okay, for example, that a company just doesn't do any harm or avoids harm? Or is there really an expectation that companies would actually create good? That's a debate that we have to have. And it's a debate that I think increasing numbers of our of our stakeholders would expect. And I think the advice I'd give really is that the criteria for deciding what is good and what's 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 great and what's bad is really thinking through what do your customers want and expect? What do your other stakeholders want and expect? You know, are you in an industry where you're getting political or NGO pressure on certain things? But also, what can your business do about it? So are you in a business where thinking about the circular economy is really relevant? You know, are you a manufacturer where those techniques are relevant? Are you, like legal in general, in a business where you're dealing with vast amounts of capital and how do you use that to, to generate some positive value. So it's really about this idea of materiality. What's material to you? And then how can you be material to the world? And that will tell you what's good. And, what's and I think that's yeah, the, yeah, what tells us what is what is good. And the reality is, void evidence, it's going to be different things to different people. But, but one of the challenges for us, and generally is people who come to us and say, validate somebody's ESG credentials and, and, and how do we measure what's good? So, I mean, I'm kind of interested that the that, that recently LNG removed a couple of providers from their investment panels on, on the basis of ESG credentials. So yeah. what makes them bad? So without going into too much detail about the specifics, I think in general terms, one of the things we look for is a credibility gap. So often companies will overpromise or create plans and strategies that aren't backed up by either rigorous planning or at least some evidence of some thought and where there isn't robust reporting around what they say they're going to do. So something that we're seeing actually certainly in, in financial services and in, in the, the the broader economy is the creation of really detailed transition plans for the transition to net zero. We've just published ours. It's going to our shareholder vote in 2023 and those detailed plans can really help anyone who's a, a stakeholder in a business to to see whether there is something credible there and it's that lack of credibility and that lack of commitment to change that would make us think twice about our relationship with the business yeah i mean certainly from our within our pension business within howden we're already starting to look at their at the, the pension providers um credentials and increasingly we're now starting to see that flow over into other insurance products. Yeah. Do you see other brokers and providers doing something similar? Yes, we do. I mean, I think there's a, in general, there is a movement towards this being really critical to how companies do business in future. It's a direction of travel. It's something that's happening across society and the economy. And to some extent, other brokers and providers, if they're not already, which many of them are, will have to because just the pressure to do more in this space will just increase and it will be the mainstream agenda. Excellent. Thank you. I mean, just a closing thought um, from you about, about the future. For protection and other forms of insurance, 
Will ESG be a tangible determinant of where brokers should place business? I mean, because ultimately, employers and individuals are spending their money. are going to decide with their feet. They'll decide what's important to them. So how tangible will it be now and into the future? I think it will be increasingly tangible. And I think one of the reasons for that is that there will be fewer options for it not to be. Taking a, a slightly different example, if you think about where investors place their investment assets, there are going to be fewer opportunities for that to be in areas that have a negative ESG outcome eventually, and there'll be a tipping point. So I would imagine that we'd, we would see a similar kind of trend in the in the insurance market too. I think there's probably a change in consumer conscience and consciousness coming. Clearly, it's not linear, and I'm not saying that, you know, in 20 or 30 years' time, everybody will be Greta Thunberg-style ethical consumer. I, I don't, I'm not naive enough to think that's the case, but we, I think, will begin to see certainly consumer demand underpinning more of a movement towards this being more of a determinant for where business goes. And I, I think that's only a good thing. Excellent. Thank you for your time to take a talk about the topic. In kind of closing, I, I think as Howden, we are starting to see increased demand from employees and employees to, to act in a sustainable manner. But we're also trying to lead that debate and, and actually look at what is good, what does good look like. So um, it's been really interesting talking to you, Jack. We hope you enjoyed the session and we hope you're going to rejoin us for the second session where Joe will be talking to us around more of the S in ESG. If you have any questions or would like to hear more about this subject, please feel free to contact us. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of Fortune Favours the Brave from Howden. To hear more episodes and subscribe to our channel, search Fortune Favours the Brave on your favourite podcast app.